0: If you feel like your marketing to-do list is one big laundry pile, dumpster fire, I don't want to get that started to-do list, then this episode is perfect for you. Because I see so many small business owners get wrapped up in the, I have to get reels right, and I haven't posted on Instagram, and I haven't sent an email to my database in a month, and it's all too much, and my website's all over the shop. They get so bogged down into the nuts and bolts stuff of marketing that it stops them from actually getting started because they think it looks all too hard, all too confusing, and it's just too much. But I wanted to tell you that there is this 80% of what you should be focusing on with your marketing is none of that. It's none of the likes, shares, comments, links, clicks. It's none of that stuff. I'm going to be busting the biggest misconception I see small business owners having when it comes to their small business marketing because it stops them from actually getting started. Where you need to be focused, where you need to be putting most of your energy and thought, the 80%, is actually free, and you already have everything inside you in order to really nail it. Curious? Let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses. And now, I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned, and I'm still learning, about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being, and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. Here's a curly question for you guys, do you catastrophize your marketing to-do list? Now what do I mean by catastrophize? I catch myself doing this all the time with my general to-do list where, and you can probably relate because I guarantee a lot of us in small business ownership land share a brain, that you think about everything that you've got to do that's on your to-do list, everything that needs doing today. And you very quickly catastrophize it in your brain. You think, oh, that's so much, I've got so much to do, oh, where am I going to start? And I think we spend more time and energy in that state than in actually getting stuff done. And I see a lot of this happening in marketing as well, where we'll think about marketing our small businesses as this whopping great to-do list where we'll sort of sit there and go well we have to be on Facebook and I probably should be on Instagram and I need to get email I haven't emailed my database in ages and on my website I need to get a new page on my website first and I've got no oh, it's really it's a really mess it's a massive mess there and oh, my logo file is really small so and I can't and it just we very quickly talk ourselves out of getting anything done because we allow ourselves and our kind of more business rabbit brain to jump around like crazy create a massive to-do list before we even got started and so very quickly we get to the point where it's like oh this is all too much I wanted to use this episode to alleviate some of that pressure and actually give you a bit of behind the scenes look about what marketing fundamentally is and needs to be in order to get going and it's actually a lot more simple and a lot more straightforward than people think and this applies to a lot of aspects of like micro aspects of marketing as well as marketing as a whole. Like if you listen to episode number nine, where I spoke to one of my good client and business buddies, Jill Noble, um, she introduced a podcast into her farming business. So she runs a beautiful farm in the Holston Valley in Victoria, and she, um, she through talking to her... Uh, we both sort of agreed that podcasting is actually a really slick, quick thing you can do to market your business with fantastic results. But a lot of people will look at that and go, oh, that's a massive job. I can't think of all these ideas and then record it and then edit the recording because I'll say like, um, and I'll stumble and I'll be all over the place. And then I've got to get it on. all it re- That episode was a really classic example of what it means to, rather than catastrophize a job. Actually have a look at the nuts and bolts of it to realize that it's a lot more achievable than you might have actually first thought. So that principle does really apply more broadly to marketing. And I feel like if you can get your head around the principle of what is marketing and what do I really need to worry about and do, you'll realize that it's a lot more straightforward and a lot easier to get started than you might think. Rather than looking at it as this monolith job that you don't know where to start, I always use the analogy of, remember when we were kids and your mum would send you to go clean your room and you just remember standing in the doorway looking at the shit heap you'd created over the last three weeks and go, well this is too much, I don't know where to start so I'm just going to not. Or you'll just kick all your shit under your bed and hope she doesn't look under there when she comes and checks your work. That to me reminds me so much of what sometimes going into marketing can feel like if you don't have a system and you don't have an understanding of what the fundamentals that are really important are so let's stop kicking the shit under our bed let's stop hiding the mess from mum, and let's actually talk about what's really important in marketing and what you really do need to be concerned with and it's not as actually as hard or as stressful as you think so I've been saying this for years, and it continues to ring true every time I sit down to work with one of my marketing coaching clients, with a website client. It doesn't really matter what you're doing for your marketing. Step one is always the same, and it's nothing to do with tech or buttons or reels or engagement. It's none of that stuff. I'll tell you right now that what I'm about to tell you is about 80% of it, 20% of it is, okay, what do these buttons do? That's really what it breaks down to. 80% of your marketing is having a really clear understanding of who it is that is most likely to do business with you. That is the biggest thing you need to think about in your marketing. Who is most likely to do business with me or conversely, of the customers I have now, which ones would I love to fill my day with and why? And because by starting here, we kind of fulfill a large number of needs within the context of our marketing. So what we do is we actually get focused on the correct goal. So often with, especially when we dump into social media land, A, we put all our eggs into the Facebook and Instagram basket, and we become so obsessed with like likes, follows, shares, metrics and things like that, when really, that's all just a byproduct of what the real result should be, which is connection with potential customers and sales because we're not in the business of likes shares and comments we're in the business of making sales because that's what keeps that's what keeps the business happening so when we when we take a step back from all like the nuts and bolts and buttons and crap and we actually focus on the who that's the one thing that's been consistent in the small business space long before the internet and all that it was your customers a business isn't a business unless you have customers so if we're focusing on those guys it's then very easy to reverse engineer how we communicate with them based on who they are so you want to think about them in like three kind of spheres first is like basic demographics like where do they live Um, How old are they? Do you typically serve men or women? Is it a mix of both? How old are they? Do they have families? Um, What kind of educational background do they have? What do they do for a living? All this kind of paints a really good picture as to the kind of person um, that you are most likely to do business with. And what the reason I phrase it like that? It's not necessarily the low-hanging fruit, but it's about thinking logically. Who is it that's who is like the path of least resistance between me and sales? Who is it that makes the most sense that I work with? Who am I best equipped to serve? And who is most likely to want what it is that I'm good at? So to give you um, sort of my example. Though those most likely to do business with me, sometimes called your target market, sometimes called your ideal client, the person most likely to do business with me and whom I feel best suited to serve is small business owners. They're either solopreneurs or they're tradespeople, or they run small teams in regional and rural areas. And because that's very specific because I have a very good appreciation of what that dynamic means and what they need when, they, when they're in that space. So typically someone who identifies as that they're probably a mum and dad business, or you know, there might be a case of one does the doing and one does the books. They're typically, but not always, growing a young family. They might be running a number of businesses or running a number of like ha- wearing a number of hats. They're also very entrenched in their community. They like being present at like sporting events and fundraisers and things like that. They're very connected with their community, very connected with their customers. And they're often still also on the coal face of their business as well. So they're not sitting in a head office somewhere while someone else does the doing. They're very typically the ones that are still serving their customers, that are still delivering the product, delivering the service. So they're also really invested in the end result so they're very passionate about what they do they're still very connected to why they do it Um, and they're ultimately working towards independence and security and freedom for their growing family or just for the lifestyle that they want so because I can be very clear and very specific on who I'm speaking to it's then easier to paint the picture as to where they're going to be looking that I can make sure we cross paths when it comes to my marketing And then it also makes it really easy to create content for your social media channels that's going to really grab their attention, engage with them because you understand who they are, you understand what they're struggling with, you understand what they want to achieve, their goals, what does a silver bullet look like, what do they tend to object to or question, what do you typically need to explain to them in a bit more detail, what do they like to know and like just ultimately what do they want. So it is this process of reverse engineering how you market yourself for much greater clarity and efficiency, because when we stay focused on the people element, it's a lot easier to then go, okay, what do these people wanna know, hear, see, do, or understand before they do business with me? And how can that filter through to my marketing? And so what this does is it turns almost perceptions of marketing on its head because rather than going how can I make the Instagram algorithm work for me it's how can I say something of value to the people most likely to do business with me and then once you've got that core message that core theme that you want to get across to them then we look at all right what's the best way to say that on Instagram what's the best way to say that on Facebook how could that live on my website so apart from being like a theoretical practice. It's also really good at helping you get the nuts and bolts of your marketing right because once you do have that key concept, it can. it is just then a matter of how many times can you rinse and repeat that on all the channels you own. So if you do interviews with local radio, can that be what you discuss this week? Um, if you run ads on local radio, can that be what you mention? If you have a blog, can that be on your website? Can it be a social media post? Could it be a Facebook Live? Could it be an Instagram Live? Could it be a chat that you give um, exclusively to people? People who are part of a Facebook group that you run that's associated with your business? Before you sort of think, oh, yeah, but that's just plagiarizing yourself, we have to remember with all our marketing that not everyone is going to see everything. Not everyone is going to get every Facebook post, every Instagram post, here your ad, they're not going to see it all. But even if they did, all that does is just further solidify your expertise, your intent, and why you're the best business for them. So Think about how many times you get bombarded with marketing messages and quite often it's the ones that are the most persistent that you actually appreciate and pay attention to. So no one out there is complaining that, oh, I'm sick of hearing this message from you, honestly, like I wish you'd just go on to something else. No one is saying that because we are so overwhelmed with marketing content at the moment that I think it's something up around the 22 touch points before someone will actually pay attention to what it is that you're saying in your marketing. So don't for a minute think that this rinsing repeating process Is going to hold you back. All it's going to do is make you more consistent, more clear. It's going to help further cement the idea with potential customers. And it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier when it comes to trying to talk about your business because you don't feel like you have to say one thing on Facebook, one thing on Instagram, one thing in an email, put something on your website every so often. You won't feel like you're constantly starting from scratch every time you take your business to market. If you have an overarching concept of who it is you want to do business with and then you have consistent themes about what you want to talk about, it is then very easy to then go, oh, well, I'm talking about this this week, so that can just live in a podcast episode. It can just live in an Instagram live. And finally, the reason why focusing on the people and not the platform is so important in marketing is it also does it also stops you from being platform-dependent. So I've had a lot of businesses I've worked with and uh, farming and rural businesses are a really classic example for this. I've had a number of them that um, would sell livestock and meat and farming products through, say, Facebook Marketplace. And then I don't remember exactly when it was, but a while ago Facebook actually changed their rules and they, you were no longer allowed to sell live animals and I believe it's animal byproducts, i.e. meat. You weren't allowed to sell those through Facebook Marketplace. And for some businesses it really punched a hole in the their pipeline because they were so dependent on that as an avenue for customers. And so when we think about um, our customers more broadly and who we speak to more broadly and if we spread ourselves across multiple um, communication channels, it means that our businesses aren't going to live and die by what Facebook shareholders want Facebook to do or by an algorithm update on Instagram. Like we're not going to live and die while these platforms. It means if one disappears into Ether, well that's fine. You have a number of others in place. You have a really healthy emailing uh, emailing list. So you're emailing your audience once a week or once a month. So if Facebook was to go down, you can still email them all and go, look guys, um, for whatever reason my Facebook page isn't working anymore, so you just head over here and here's where you can find me instead. I mean there's a number of other apps that are very like community specific. I knew um There's a few that you can Google where it actually takes the Facebook group concept and puts it on its own app. Um, Telegram's becoming really popular now. So if you've got your, your who and your message sorted, then it allows you to be really adaptable and flexible when these platforms come and go and change. And some may work better for you than others and others not so much. So if you wanted to take action off the back of this episode, the first thing I recommend you do is you sit down and you create what's called an ideal client persona. Now, if you like, I have this set up as a downloadable over on my website under free resources. Um, You can find that on my website under get started for free. Download my ideal client persona exercise and walk yourself through the process of identifying what your ideal customer looks like. And then once you've done that, then it's very easy, like I said, to unpack everything you can say to that person on a regular basis. And then from there, it's just a matter of rinsing and repeating it across all the platforms you're currently using. I really hope this helps give you some clarity around what you should be focusing on in your marketing and and what your step one should be. Please don't get bogged down in the likes, shares, comments, reels, whatever. That, like I said, is the 20% that sits on top of the 80%, which is having a really good rock-solid understanding of the people most likely to do business with you because that way you'll also... When you go to start putting, tipping energy into your market, you're going to have this big picture mentality as well. So you're not going to care if one post only gets a couple of likes. You're not going to care if only if 10 people watch your reel. Because big picture, you know that you're on the right track because you're talking to people and you're the people that are most likely to do business with you. And you know that you're saying what they need to hear in order to move the needle forward for themselves. I really hope this has brought you some clarity and a bit of peace of mind, guys, and reduced some of the overwhelm you might be experiencing around your small business marketing. If this, web, this episode has helped you, I'd love to hear from you, um, but otherwise, I'll see you next week and take it easy. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. Did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain? I'd love to hear how this topic helped you. So take a screenshot of you listening right now, post it to Instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode. Thanks, guys. See you next time.